I don't get it. I don't care. No, we both are wrong. No, I love you. Welcome to I Don't Get It. I'm uh, I'm Paul. And I'm Fonda. And uh, today, actually, we're doing something a little different. Usually we go and see a show and talk about it. Uh, but but today we're, we're reporting. We're, we're sort of uh, talking about a happening that's sort of been going on in the dance community over the past few weeks. Yeah, so this story broke uh, when City Ballet announced on their Facebook page, um, you know, in, in, in a single sentence, actually, on March 11th, that their mm-hmm. longtime artistic directors, Francois and Laurence Chevenement, were let go from the company right and, and sort of when that uh when that happened there was a lot of uh we got a lot of notes from the dance community uh about it and and there was sort of a uh, a lot of uh, discussion happening on social media about it um and so we're we're sharing what we know so far we've started mm-hmm. to look into it a bit mm-hmm. um you've been you've been on the beat you've been doing interviews <laughs> i've been working like crazy we did uh interviews with a number of people who are and have been involved with city ballet past and present we also did reach out to francois chevenement but um he was not able to speak on the matter because um it, he was concerned that you know uh, it could affect some legal action that pay, may possibly be moving forward so um as it was a board decision that led to the restructuring at city mm-hmm. ballet first up is the chair of the city ballet board uh trudy callahan you know, I think that some decisions that a board makes are going to be unpopular. That's just the way it is. And I think that when a, a board has fortitude and vision and wants to make changes for the future, um, those decisions can definitely be unpopular. Um, but as I said before, no organization can sacrifice itself for the sake of an individual. So, you know, we ended up in this situation where, uh, you know, we've released some people. I think that the thing about the social media, though, is that um, there's caustic remarks and there's name calling, and I find that to be quite disrespectful to how boards actually operate. I think, too, it crosses the boundaries of confidentiality, and certainly it's hurtful to the individuals who serve on the board and the artists and the staff who remain in the company. Um, We have to you know, it's fine to celebrate someone, it, you know, and the, the good that they've done for something, but it's wrong when you're trying to take down a company by creating what is controversy based on misinformation and, in fact, not based in reality at all. So that was Trudy Callahan's uh, statement in an interview uh, we, we did with her, but um, the, the board also sent out a an official press release. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Fonda? Mm-hmm. So on March 13th, which was a few days after the social media news started happening, City Ballet released an official statement acknowledging the release of their artistic staff. Mm-hmm. Now, um, many people took exception to the language in the release. Of course, you can still see this on their Facebook page. Um, they felt that the board's decision was aggressive and abrupt. Right, and we'll, um, we'll post a link to the, the press release on on the I don't get it website as well uh, as well as it being on their Facebook page absolutely so I'm gonna quote a couple things from the release note that these are edited and condensed City Ballet announced today that the company has restructured to facilitate plans for future growth City Ballet also announced that effective March 7th, 2015, current artistic directors Francois Chevenema and Laurence Manati Chevenema are free to pursue their own artistic endeavors. 
end quote. Now, there was also some concern about the the timing of the press release, uh, wasn't there? Yeah, um, this was actually uh, noted by Danica Marlowe. She's a former dancer with the company that we talked to earlier in the week. You know, when you consider that there was no press release, there was a week of social media uproar before anything was released officially, um, the announcement to the public that Francois Laurent would no longer be there was done through a one-sentence Facebook post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the lack of respect in and of itself is abhorrent. There's been a lot of response to uh, to the Facebook post and the, the press release that came up from City Ballet, and a lot of it has been heated um, on, on social media. Uh, a lot of people in the dance community uh, seem upset by, by how this is currently playing out. Um, so who else Who else did we talk to about this, Fonda? Well, we also talked to uh, Dr. Peter Akai, who currently serves on the board of directors of City Ballet. He is also a former dancer with the company. And he had a bit of a different opinion um, than we heard earlier um, from Trudy Callahan, who's on the board, or who's the board chair. And he um, also, we must share that uh, Peter noted that this was just his opinion. He has not been able to divulge any um, information that is conf- considered confidential. Right. Um, so nothing that we know from board meetings or anything like that. So it's more of his, uh, his opinion as a member of the community rather than as a board member. Exactly. And so this is what Peter had to say about the situation. The decision was extremely drastic, distasteful, disrespectful, hostile even. It was done as an immediate dismissal. And it was done just prior to the last show coming up in five weeks. So you can imagine the rigmarole that's going on for a, a, a director-less company to now scramble to get someone and to, 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 to work with the dancers to put on a show in five weeks without the original director. And so one might speculate that maybe the only thing I am left with is that disagreements between boards and directors are common in dance companies. And maybe a disagreement occurred. I'm not at liberty to say yes or no if it did, because to me that's confidential. Mm-hmm. But without any other reasons being given by the board, and as you said, you're going to ask for one when you meet the tree, I would have to conclude that um, one can speculate that this is a malicious action by the board. It was a bad, risky decision, at least as far as I can outline. It's hostile. It's deceitful. It could be an egotistical disagreement outcome, somebody got into an argument and took offense. And there's one more thing that's really malicious about it, or potentially, is that both directors were fired from the same family. So this is the entire family being laid off, fired, out of a job. Mm -hmm. So it is a very serious and dramatic and drastic decision. So maybe now it's worth looking at the state of City Ballet going into all of this. So uh, this artistic shift um, comes in the wake of a lot of changes in the company in the past few years. So Fonda, what have some of those changes been and what, uh, what do we know about them? So City Ballet became a professional company in September 2012. Before that, they were a pre-professional company. And so they're just finishing up their third season um, as a company that employs professional dancers. Okay, and so uh, what is the difference between a professional company and what City Ballet was before that? So a pre-professional company is kind of like a training ground, really. So um, what they would do before was they focused a lot more on training and not so much on 
on a, an artistic season. So, uh, you know, for example, Jarrett Siddle uh, trained with City Ballet, and now he's moved on to Toronto Dance Theatre. Okay. Um, but now City Ballet is professional, and they intend to actually keep and, and maintain a company of dancers throughout the year and hopefully also in years to come. So with that change... Um, City Ballet, as a professional company, uh, is also a registered charity. So you can look up their financials on Revenue Canada, just like you can on any other charity. And according to Canada Revenue, their operating expenses have actually nearly doubled in the time that they've become a professional company, which, of course, is not actually unusual for a company that goes from, you know, pre-professional to employing, like, a cast of dancers right, around. Right. Um, so the, during that transitional time as well, they've also been posting small but fluctuating losses. Um, um, I, I guess would also say that that's probably not unusual for a company that's kind of just finding their legs as a professional sure. as a professional um, team. So, and also just have to note that we started researching the financials after all of our interviews were conducted. So mm -hmm. we don't have comment on how much control either board or management or artistic staff um, had over the budget or if financials were even a factor in the recent restructuring. Great. Um, but I guess on that restructuring stage, Still. Uh, do we know um, how that's affected their audience in the past few years? Well, the state of the company um, was mentioned by Peter Akai, and he did say actually that the last number of shows did very well with audiences. Well, um, I'll tell you that uh, as far as strategic direction referring to artistic um, quality and artistic uh, uh, product, the company already was experiencing growing success and a growing audience base, uh, largely from the artistic merits of the leadership from the directors that were fired. So that itself is a, a puzzle as to why these directors with such success and even recent success such as the last four shows between 2014 end of the year and March 2015 being almost sold out mm -hmm. and in terms of the artistic direction between then and now the artistic directors that were just fired were already collaborating with numerous local groups and artists including musicians local choreographers local dance groups even uh, the japanese drum group for example mm -hmm. singing christmas tree charities such as youth emergency shelter and cystic fibrosis and i human and big brothers and big sisters mm -hmm. they were even touring in the province for example the grand prairie and fort saskatchewan and they were even bringing in international artists such as uh heather myers who is a is, is actually a a local dancer that danced in Europe and in the U.S. and has been renowned internationally. So, in my mind, there is no real difference between what has been going on with all of this artistic, uh, artistic uh, work and the ones that seems to be proposed as the new direction. To me, it doesn't seem very new, but of course, we will see about that as it evolves and, and uh, over the next year. But at present, I am not sure that 
I can agree that it is very different from what's been going on before. So the houses have been good uh, for City Ballet in the past few years. Um, but maybe the last part uh, of this equation that we haven't really talked about are, are the dancers themselves in the company and how they're being impacted at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the dancers, of course, are still under contract until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So um, one person who weighed in on this uh, was Kathy Metzger-Korvo, who is a ballet and dance instructor at the University of Alberta, um, a member of the Board of Orcasis. And she also um, was on the City ballet board a secretary for about five years and um she did have some uh things to say uh, about about the dancers that are still um working with the company i'm not sure if this is true because i haven't been able to talk to the directors or the previous directors yet and what happened and what's going on now but you know they gave daily class to the dancers there was rehearsals every day they really nurtured and supported those dancers to make the company work and have the art form flourish, where now with them gone, what do the dancers do? Who's taking care of them? Who's keep giving them a class? Who's giving them rehearsals? Who's make, giving them hope and direction, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like, they need to feel like that, that they're cared for, you know, to be able to work hard for somebody. And, and that when you're cared for and, and um, work hard for someone, that artistic uh, skills and, and artistry comes forth on the stage. I mean, dancers um, are athletes, so, you know, they, and you can tell if they've been well nurtured mm-hmm. on the stage, mm-hmm. artistically and physically. So there's many levels. To, to a dancer and um, you know when you don't have good leadership or they're they're not being supported it, it would really be a demise to the company because I mean if you don't have strong dancers on the stage then there's really no company hmm. do you care to speculate I mean considering that this has happened in the middle of the season and they have another performance left um do you consider to speculate on what this means for the final performance of the season absolutely i mean if if i'm just making assumptions but i'm just getting the impression that you know no one's there to guide them right now and and give them their uh, direction at the moment but i don't know that for sure so i don't know how that if there's someone stepping in for that final show and and how they're going to deal with these dancers and and what it's going to look like on the stage, who knows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I to 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 fire directors in the middle of the season is not good for anybody. You know, I mean, their season's only what six six months long, so you know, at least give them the year, <laughs> and then you know, then renegotiate. You know, something else for the future. So following up to Kathy's comments there, we have Danica Marlowe, who was also concerned about the dancers' daily needs being met. For the dancers, I mean, they've been thrown into chaos themselves uh, with no artistic leadership. And looking into even for their next season, there was talk of the board not actually hiring an artistic director, and which anyone who knows anything about ballet companies knows that you need a leader. You need someone at the helm with an artistic vision and uh, who knows what they're doing so they can sculpt the dancers, sculpt the perfect productions and mm-hmm. 
you know, it just seems like one big mess. I don't know how a dancer could be expected to work under those circumstances. And, and so, I mean, for a lot of the supporters who've been following City Ballet for a long time, we're looking at this thinking, well, what's happening to this company? It's going to fall apart. How are they going to run this next season? You know, the, the, the company learned from the dancers after letting Francois Laurent go. Mm-hmm. But they need a daily class. I mean, that seems like a pretty basic thing to me that they didn't even realize. So this this decision of theirs seemed foolish, to say the least. Has management uh, of City Ballet uh, spoken to sort of the day-to-day concerns of the dancers? Yes, we did ask Trudy Callahan about that, and she weighs in on what's happening with the dancers. One of the benefits that we see is that... Um, with a short season, our dancers now have an opportunity to think about what next year is going to look like with the restructure in place. And I, I think that that's a positive for them. So they're currently working very hard towards that April performance. We have a positive attitude in the studio, and we have um, Jordan Morris, who's been lent to us from Royal Winnipeg Ballet, who's working with them daily to prepare them for um, uh, the, the rehearsal by making sure that their technique is good and that they're physically ready for rehearsal, and then he's rehearsing with them. And actually, they'll be dancing. Uh, the last half of the show will be his ballet called Moa, which will um, be the Edmund- in, performed here in Edmonton on April 8th, the weekend of the 18th. And then we also have uh, Kira Keglowicz, who is a city ballet dancer, who has now has an opportunity as an emerging choreographer to work with the first half of the uh, performance, which is Don't Look Back, and it's the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. So um, Trudy goes on to mention that the board is now actually taking um, the opportunity to think about and consider their next directions in terms of, um, you know, hiring artistic staff. And um, I guess it's also worth noting that there's an Indiegogo campaign that has been set up in support of uh, the former artistic directors. Right. And, um, yeah, I guess there's a lot of ambiguity around the situation still. Um, and we will just leave Peter Akai with the last word on that. The reason for this happening has not been given by the board, to my knowledge. And everyone is asking for a reason. And I think the board does owe an answer to everyone, to the public. I Don't Get It is a podcast produced by Poglina, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded in a blanket fort in the Tall House on Alberta Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. Our website is idontgetitdance.com. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Follow his music and check him out at ghibli.bandcamp.com.